Relations from Alan Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today we're going to talk about induction at work and orientation and not just about when you are new to an organisation but when you are, on, on, or I should say not when you are new to the workforce, but when you are starting out in an organisation or leading sections of an organisation and what we can do to be responsible for our own induction, not always expect that an organisation will provide for us. I recently did a big clean out of my work area and discovered that I, and I knew I had it, I have a folder now, I've got a Google Arch folder of phone numbers. And it was my practice every time I started somewhere new was to, the first thing I would get to do would be the internal phone book. And so I have internal phone books for all sorts of organisations that go back to the late 1970s. So it, it was actually a wonderful exercise to look through the list and to remember people and to remember associations and also, in some cases, to look for names that continued through the number of the phone books and the number of the contacts <laughs> over the years, Puyana being one of those people. And it was just interesting, again, to look at the history that that was telling me and to think about the times where induction was involved in those lists. I, I did training activities for a long time. In one of the organisations we had a very structured orientation program and it was different. There was a, a standard orientation for everyone who started in the organisation. Then there were discipline specific orientations depending on if you were coming in to be an engineer or an architect or a quantity surveyor or if you were coming in under the graduate recruitment program, there was a different induction again and an ongoing role in that to make sure it was settled into the organisation. And it occurs to me now that it's interesting that we saw a need for that to happen for some professions and not for others. And that when I moved on from being an employee in organisations to being a, a consulting role, that the orientation or induction into an organisation was very much up to me. I had to work that out and it was my responsibility and I had to make it happen as quickly as I could to be as effective as I could from the day I started. My mode of introduction was always to take chocolate biscuits for morning tea on the first day <laughs> and that did two things. It made me feel good. It was a routine that I could get into. It gave me something to talk about with morning tea when people stopped for morning tea was that you know, there was chocolate biscuits and often that was very much a treat for them and it was a mark of uh, a trademark almost because if I got invited back to organisations it's often been I'll oh, get that that one who brings the chocolate biscuits and it wasn't <laughs> that they wanted the chocolate biscuits but that in, in the vast array of people that they had coming into their organisation I had left a reminder of and that my work was sufficient that they would associate the work or the results that that happened with the fact that I brought the chocolate biscuits in on the first day. I only ever got them on the first day, though, didn't I? <laughs> if I stayed two years, I only got them once. <laughs> Through this um, session, we're going to cover both the individual's responsibility where an induction orientation is a formal process that an organisation offers, as well as what happens if I start somewhere where it's not offered at all, doesn't exist. Their organisation size could vary from small, medium to large to global. The position you're in could be first time in the workforce or, as Kim said, you're just changing organisations.
But what you do roll in your organisation. So yes. That, that requires a different kind of orientation. That's true. Either ways, let's talk about when you're new to that organisation, even if it's first job or not. The first thing you would have done by now to get the job in the first place, hopefully you would have done research about the organisation. You know what the organisation does, what it stands for, etc. before you start. So again, make sure you know it and you understand it exactly and have questions and keep those questions that obviously may be not appropriate to ask at interview now you're an employee. Keep track of those. Once you start your job, then you have access to more information. That information is for employees. So you'll have intranet rather than internet and it's all information for staff on that. Make sure that you are proactive and go and look for it. If you've got a structured orientation induction, make sure you use it beyond what it's giving you. Don't just sit passively and listen to a speaker talking about that you might have someone from a department, head of a department, telling you about their product services, etc. You have new people around you. These are people that are your contacts, your colleagues. They're going to be in different parts of the organisation. So you immediately got an opportunity to just know someone, get to know them, make sure you get to know them in the breaks, etc. And network with them so you can help each other out. So you already got some people. An organisation, lots of organisations have the newbies buddy system. So new people might have a buddy system. They might have even an internal mentor of a sort. Again, it's up to you to lead that and make it happen. What happens if you are in an organisation that got none of the above? Well, think about that before you even turn up for work. Try and design something yourself. What should you know about the organisation? There's plenty online, but basically you want to know the structure of the organisation, who's whom in the organisation, and what each area does. But most importantly, you want to know how they do things around the organisation. What are the behaviours that are encouraged and how you can train yourself right from the start. Now I'm talking about not just your work ethics and work pattern and work hours. I want you to think about how you're going to handle everything including your rest, your sleep, the hours you work, how you take on new things, where you go for help when you need to think aloud with someone, when you need to find out more information. So do your homework and research. You might even think about drafting a program that you would go to your boss with and say, look, I just thought I'll help myself with a bit of orientation induction here and I want you to have a look at this and see if I missed anything or if anything I should add or delete. So you immediately got a partner, you immediately got someone who's, who's working with you on it and you'll get tips from there. I think too that we perhaps overlook the issue of safety, mm -hmm. that safety is something that regardless of, of the role you're in, you need to be aware of and also about the physical location. So if you're in a, a bigger organisation, to actually get a mud map of mm. where sections are and where key people are in those sections that you might need to interact with. The earliest memory I have of working in Australia Square here in Sydney, which is a round building, for those mm. of you who don't uh, 
when you see me, was that we were located, on, my job was on the 10th floor, but the organisation had the, from the 9th floor to the 20th floor. And the 20th floor was a cafeteria, a staff cafeteria in those days. I had no idea. I knew that I had to go to the 10th floor. I knew that something mysterious called registry was on the 9th floor, didn't know what they did. Uh, I certainly found out later that they ended up actually running the section for some time. But that there were also, there were sections on that ninth floor that interacted with other sections that were on the 20th floor, uh, apart from the cafeteria. And uh, it was probably a good 12 months before I knew that the cafeteria was open to everyone and you could just go up there and have a subsidised lunch if you wanted to, that there was no 13th floor because that was just the way the building was, was built and that the, the sections that were on the individual floors, it's, it's really, really confusing in a round building because you've got no point of reference. So you can often walk mm. around and around or through them. You could walk through the, the middle of the building to get from one side to the other, obviously, but unless you look out the windows and you have the opportunity to look out the windows, depending on the office structure, you wouldn't actually know where you were. And so you had to, it was so much easier once I drew myself a map to know where people were from the time I got out of the lift, where I had to go, which direction I had to go out of the lift to actually get on the shortest possible route to the people that I wanted to see without having to walk around twice. And people would say, where are you going? <laughs> and, and then also to know areas that are, not accessible to you because it, you might yeah. walk halfway around and then get to this blank wall that says you can't go any further. Yeah. On the 10th floor was at the time where we moved from having a typing pool to having word processing and the word processing training. So it had a specific room built that blocked off the floor so that you couldn't walk around mm. at any wall. And it was quite confusing to not be able to do what you had got used to doing and then again reorient yourself and work out where you were and where you had to go from there. So the, the mud map is a good thing. The safety aspect of knowing where to head, just the evacuation procedures, the simple, straightforward stuff that you should know regardless of where you are, whether it's work or any other sort of activity. You know, if you go into a, a hotel, what's the thing that's on the back of the door? It's the evacuation plan. Yeah. And so that you, what you're doing there is orienting yourself for that location that you're in now. To a certain extent, you do the same thing. When you walk into a hotel, mm -hmm. you look around, see where the restaurant is, see where the bar is, see where the lifts are, see what else is on offer. It's no different to walking into a new organisation with a new part of a, an organisation that you're already with, a new job, whatever it is, that you look around, you observe, mm -hmm. and you take in or you seek the information that's going to help you perform at your best level. Extend that, what Kim just said, to other offices or side offices or branches, whatever it is. So you might be interacting with people who are, you might be on a side office yourself and interacting with head office. You also need to familiarise yourself with that. You've got to familiarise with their safety procedures as well, so that if you're giving them information or if you're visiting, then you're taking that into account. The other thing is, is their hour of work. Uh, their hour of work might be different. It might be the same, but it might be the certain times you can't contact them because they, there's certain things they're doing and they're not available. And so, it's access as well. You know, if you're yeah. used to starting early, getting in at 7 o'clock in the morning and you turn up 
yeah. one morning and you find you can't get into the building. Well, that's a, an issue of, of orientation that you yeah. haven't found out all of the information that relates to how you want to do your job. The other thing is adding to that is the any procedures around compliance. You need to have a look at what you can and can't do. Get to know that fairly quickly in the piece so you don't go down a dark alley. Most organisations have mandatory training on that and sometimes it's face-to-face, -face, sometimes it's online. Do not put that off no matter how busy you are. When you go to do it, it might be if you do it too soon, you might not understand it all. Try and understand it and ask questions because these are the things that will help you work within the guidelines and where you know where, what's a no-go zone and etc. Again, try to find people that you can more than one person initially that you can interact with and ask questions. They people that been there longer that able to help you. Never be afraid to ask. A lot of people, particularly new people to an organisation, whether it's first job or not, they feel, oh, I can't burden my supervisor because they hired me because they thought I knew this if I asked that, they're going to think I don't know. Well, guess what? It's actually much worse if you leave it six months and you still don't know. And I think, firstly, is the respect of figuring out what is the right way for you and your supervisor to communicate you might have a formal time slots to, to meet. You might say, the person might be saying, no, just let me know you want to see me. Anyway, figure it out, but do not put it off because you're afraid that they know you don't know something. As I said, it's best to get that sorted early in the piece than feel embarrassed a lot longer for, you know, six months later or whatever. It's interesting that it's probably another case of the word meaning so many different things been used for such a long time and abused in some cases that perhaps orientation or in, and induction are not the words that you should use in this situation. Perhaps mm. you need to think of another name to call it so that you're trying to get your efficiency plan together or your productivity mm. framework together, something that indicates more what it is that you feel the outcome that you're trying to, to get out of this activity. With the communication, I do see in some organisations the thing that gets forgotten is that they will have a style manual, uh, so mm. a, a, some prescribed ways of communication, whether it's written or verbal communication about reports or about letters or about layout of, of anything in particular. And there is a style manual and those that have been there for a long time know that it's there and know that really this is just the way that we do things or the templates are on the, the machines that they use and they don't think about it twice and they forget that someone new who hasn't worked in the organisation before or in the section before that they, they need to know or be aware of where that documentation is or what that procedure is or, or what the templates look like, where you find them in the system. You know, it's not just a matter of uh, go and type a letter and it will all come up in front of you. That the style manual is the thing that gets forgotten and then when you do produce something that is not in accordance with the style manual, suddenly you're not the person that we thought you were and you must be able to do this job if you didn't know about the style manual. No matter what you're doing, just remember you are providing a service. It doesn't matter what your title is, it doesn't matter what you're providing a service and you can be providing it to an internal or external customer. And if you're not serving a customer, you are serving someone who is serving the customer. So therefore, you're always providing a service. And you want that to start right from the beginning where you 
no that is your brand that's your image you want to come across as a person who is a contributor but you also don't try so hard that you burn yourself out from day one what you need to do is make sure that you have thought through about your safety about your wellness and also about managing your workload a lot of people want to quickly say I can do it I can do it I can do it and before you know it you can't do it because it's just not humanly possible so again teach yourself even if you had good habits before you joined the organization reinforce and remind yourself of them if you had some habits that you want to improve this is a great time to to, to move on from bad habits that you identified for yourself and get it right it's really an interesting strategic link because you are thinking about the strategies that will enable you to do the best you possibly can in this role that you have. So we also have done previously a podcast on strategic thinking, so I encourage you to go and listen to that. But I think in this situation, we really are talking about being strategic about how your staff in the organisation are starting their new job and taking on that responsibility for yourself. The other thing is, is for you to think about when I start working here, nobody is going to train me. Let's say this is your very, very first job. And a lot of people sadly think it's my first job, so they know that, so they will train me. I, I wish it was like that, but in some cases an organisation might be resource poor, it might be budget poor, etc. And they expect you to do work which is like somebody who's been working for three years. And... I certainly came across some people who had that experience and to me I think it is again self-education and getting clarification so do your thinking do your homework and then check with your supervisor don't just stay back supervisor colleague whoever you've been allocated the the project or the task with because at the end of the day yes they're expecting that but you will not produce it by pretending or by hiding research try your best clarify get confirmation and then try again from an employer point of view it is much much more sensible to invest and help people succeed than keep rehiring and i will leave you with the thoughts of the lego ceo who said mm. that you have no one to blame but yourself if you don't seek help or you don't give help in a work situation. With that, we will end this particular podcast. Thanks for being with us. I'm Kim Barry Schuster, the Unknowledge Management, and this is Inside Exec.